You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. I'm Katie Van Horn. <laughs> and I'm Jackie Clayton. Perfect. We know our names. That's a good start. Good way to start. That's a good win. So I think I would like to talk a little bit about, if you're cool with it, um, the difference between DNI and diversity. So diversity and inclusion and diversity, equity and inclusion. So we'd like love it. to just talk about um, a little bit about kind of why this is shifting and evolving. Um, why do we have to talk about it? We're all given the same opportunities. If you can just pick yourself up by your bootstraps, you will get everything that I get. What? Oh, Jackie, you're funny. Oh. So well, it's just, it's one of those, it's one of those topics where it's like, people don't get it. And then freaking, we need to stop the acronym. Keep adding things to the acronym. Like there's things that are very difficult. There's different concepts that uh-huh. they all deserve their own word. <laughs> yes. So let's start with just equality versus equity. Okay. Is that cool? Yes. So um, I think a lot of folks use them interchangeably and they're not the same thing. And I think for so many groups that are marginalized, it is, they're just fighting for equality at this point, not equity. And so, you know, from an equality perspective, that is just the basic human rights for everyone and just getting equal things. So this is the idea that, you know, across an organization, everyone is treated the exact same. So, you know, that's just a baseline, but then when you go into equality, it's more that everyone gets what they need. So you mix those two up backwards. Equality is everybody's treated the same. Equity is people getting what they need. Sorry. I said the wrong word there. Um, Yes. Equity is getting what they need. I think I just said wrong words. I, 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 I always put it like this, like equality is, you know, getting a bus ride to the building, you know, equity is making sure that there's a ramp for people that might need a different way than the stairs to get down or up, you know, mm-hmm. or having uh, signs and people ready to assist if people need help figuring out where the front door is like that is equity. Not everybody needs all of those resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's funny is that like you talk about people get jealous on the equity piece, which is crazy. Right. Well, it's also the black lives matter versus all lives matter situation. And I actually just saw, and you probably have seen this before the, um, I forget what passage of the Bible is, which I need to figure out, um, to be able to tell you all, but it's the idea that, you know, the, the lost sheep Mm -hmm. and, you know, Jesus left the sheep that were all together to go find the one that was missing. And it was like, well, why are you leaving us to go do that? Well, because they need help and you guys are all good. And that is not, thank you, Luke 15. And that is not a direct quote from the Bible. To be clear, that is Katie's version (laughs) of what was said in the Bible. Um, I don't do quotes. Speaketh not (laughs) of the actual textist. 
me and Jesus were friends. So we're he's down. cool with me. Like, you know, my interpretation, it's fine. Um, and, and it's like those, it's exactly that. Like, Hey, I don't need a ramp cause I can walk up the stairs, but right. someone else does need a ramp and needs that help up because they're in a wheelchair or whatever it might be. And I think that's the stuff that, yeah, to your point, like people get jealous about it and you're like, why? I like, don't- especially you hear people talking about parking, like, or at concerts, you know, there was this big battle once online and the, they needed the space available for people who were in wheelchairs, specifically at a concert. And it's not just so you, you could be in the front. It's so you could be closer and had, they also had the same group of people who may have had a hearing impairment. Like this area is also so that they knew where to put the other resources that people might need Yeah, and people saying it's not fair. I just, I think it's just so interesting how people twist things to make it into something bad when it's actually something good. Like, how can you say that it's okay for you to get better treatment or to get more things when other folks aren't even getting what you're getting? Like they, they don't even have that equality yet. And, you know, I, I think about folks, you know, I've mentioned my friend Angela before and she leads one community, which is a advocacy group for businesses talking about LGBTQ rights. So they work with the legislation a lot. They work with different organizations on how to support certain things. And, you know, she said, you know, we were talking about changing our name to, you know, have equity in the tagline, but we can't yet because we're not even at equality. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious, like you're, you're right. And that is so unfortunate. And especially when you talk about, you know, trans groups that are just ignored or now are, you know, people are fighting against them and establishing all this legislation that is harming trans people. And so it just is really, really interesting to me, but. If you have a minute, I want to show something that I think is helpful. Okay. First. It's a video. We don't usually do this, but you can, if you hear it, you'll be able to get, I think, just as much out of it. And let me make sure that you can actually hear it. I might have to take my headphones off. I don't think so. Let's see. Can you hear it? There were so many incredible, super diverse movies last year. Diverse movies? Yeah, like uh, Moonlight or Lion. In figures and fences, movies that didn't like just feature white people. So interesting. I never really thought about that. Really? Even after the whole Oscars so white thing and all the articles written about it? Call me crazy, but I just don't see race. I guess I'm just the least racist person here. Okay. Race is like often like a pretty obvious thing to observe. It's not like racist to notice. (laughs) I had to laugh. Zach, oh my goodness, I only see one race, the human race. Such bullshit. You're only telling yourself that so you don't have to think about racism or confront your own prejudices. No, I'm not prejudiced, okay? I don't even judge Trap for being a woman. I'm a man, Katie, you know that. No, honestly, I just guessed. This is gonna sound nuts, but I don't see gender and I don't see sex. I just see people. You don't see how men and women look different? No, I just see like shapeless blobs walking around. Okay, and if one of those shapeless blobs were (laughs) pregnant, you would then know that it was a woman. To me, it could just be like a heavy set man mm. who has like a big 
watermelon stomach. Mm. Okay, I just am so committed to equality. I'm just a good person. Unless you're blind, you can tell that people have inherent differences. Oh, I wouldn't know if I was blind or not because I don't see disabilities. I'm not a monster. So if someone were in a wheelchair, you wouldn't be able to see the wheelchair? I have never seen a wheelchair. You've never seen a wheelchair. I don't know what a wheelchair looks if like. You, if someone were in a wheelchair, you would not install a ramp in your building. I would refuse. But what if someone was missing a limb? It's perhaps tucked under their little butt. If someone were deaf? Talk to them as if they could hear. Why are you so proud of yourself? Okay, well, here's a thought. Maybe you don't get it because you have less experience on Earth than I do. Experience? We're all older than you. I'm sorry, but I don't see age. Oh, come on. You're telling me if there was an old woman and a baby, you wouldn't be able to tell which one's older? One of them is called an old woman. It's in the <laughs> name, Katie. No, because I believe in equality, and I believe everyone is the same age. That's not what equality means. You have two older brothers. Can you at least acknowledge that? Yes, and I believe both women are my same age. Oh, God. Uh, what, what about your parents? How old were they when they had you? I think they are both ageless and every age at the same time. Jesus Christ, Katie. What else can you say? Pretty much everything. Baldness, for example. So Bruce Willis. Is he bald? He's famously bald. I had no idea. Katie, why are you doing this? I just want to be able to do and say whatever I want, whenever I want, and I don't want to have to think about the world's problems. Pretty good. I mean, I guess I can understand that. Good way to live. So I love that. I use that in a lot of my presentations because it explains it so well. My favorite line being, talk to deaf people as if they could hear. Like, when you put it in terms like this, people understand a little bit more about equity and about yeah. how just saying, oh, we don't, we're not going to pay attention to it is so, you're not helping anyone and yeah. how ridiculous it seems. But right. people do that internally right. at work a lot. Uh, absolutely. And I think it is the, while I wish it was a different group of individuals, because I will say from that video, there are three white males and it's a white female and she's the one that's ignorant to these things. Today. Um, yeah. For these th three minutes. Yes. I just, I wish that maybe they had switched that up a bit and had it be a male that was ignorant just because, and maybe that's too. Because no, you're asking for way too much, <laughs> way too much. Can't I we am. just look? <laughs> I am asking for all the things. I want all of the things. No, it's much more fun when the white males are smarter. Well, I mean, it's it's true. They are. So it works. Out. <laughs> so it works out. It's relatable. So uh, why are companies, I know you just say, you know, too many letters. Why are companies switching from diversity and inclusion to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Well, I think because people are realizing because they're trying to do the same old thing and not getting the results that they're looking for in diversity and inclusion. And so right. someone has to say, look, this is not working out for you. You can't continue to do the same things and then just say, 
oh, like we're not attracting diverse people or we have various groups represented. And right now my latest like soapbox is when people will say, oh, this person, I don't think they'll fit in my culture. And I'm like, that's the person you need to hire. Right. Like, because people think that you're going to keep the same culture in your organizations. They're looking to keep the same culture, but mm -hmm. change the demographics in their organization. And it doesn't work. And so in order to do it, you have to change. You have to meet people where they are in order for this to work. That means the whole organization as a whole needs to consider these things. And I think a lot of people think it's just more fun and easier to pretend that everybody gets along and this doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I think there is that piece of like the, um, I'm trying to open up something that I recently was looking at. Um, oh, sorry, not that one, but it's basically the idea that like the assimilate or leave. Mm -hmm. So like when you're talking about equality and equity, I think there's this piece that is woefully mistaken is that, oh, if we hire diverse people, then we're done. Right. And that's where the inclusion part comes in or not, because it, there is that piece of, well, yeah, we'll just bring them in and then they can you know be just like us. And right. so like, to your point, you're hiring folks. It's not just the demographics. You actually have to focus on all of the things and how they will fit into your org in and how they will change your org and change your culture. And they should like, that's part of this as well. It's not just the hiring, you know, whomever it is the, how do you include them in the conversation? How do you actually focus on them? And how do you make sure that they're getting what they need and making sure that you're accepting them, listening to them and shifting the way you think to be able to hear them. So I think that's a piece that folks just kind of forget as well, that it's not just, Hey, we're going to hire these folks. It's actually like our cart, our, our culture will change. We will change for the better. So it's like the, you know, once you have like the diversity, how do you actually leverage that for better performance? Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Well, that's actually the fun part of it. Yes. Um, the thing that's really cool if you've worked with, and sorry, my is there something wrong with my charger? It's not wanting to charge. It's got an attitude problem. There's all sorts of things going on. Um, but what I've noticed is like the fun part is getting to know each other, getting to yeah. know people, getting to figure out who they are. And in that time, you're still getting work done, but people are thinking about it more. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize how much they discredit people that are in the same group. Well, it, it's so funny that you said it because like I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking like, how have I done this or not when I've been working on a team? Like I am obviously, in case you can't tell, a little bit type A and a little bit um, no. directive, if you will. <laughs> I like to be, you know, the boss. Um, and so I was thinking like, 
have I actually practiced as a leader myself? Have I done things to be inclusive with my teams to make sure everyone's voice is heard? All of those things, because it can be difficult. It can be something you're like, oh yeah, I, I want to do that. And it's right to do that. But then actually doing it is hard. And so there is that like, okay, how do I do this the right way? Or how do I make sure that I'm not disadvantaging certain people in the group, or I'm not ignoring them. And it's not just the dominant voice. that's are always winning the argument or winning the way we're going to you know, proceed. And I realize that sometimes I'm that predominant voice that's directing versus listening. Um, and it's just like a good, you know, I continue to learn and continue to grow in the space of like, how would this actually look? Cause I've, I've hired very diverse teams, mm-hmm. which is amazing and has been so much fun, but there's also the, okay, how do I actually take that and go forward and actually leverage that group? So I think have. part of it has to do with coaching and that's, that's, what's difficult when, especially from a leadership perspective is not coaching. That's how you get through that equity piece is actually looking at a coach. So for example, if you have a team and let's just say it's a basketball team, there's different positions on the team. And if you're a forward, maybe you're, you do, you're practicing free throws more, or maybe you're, Mm -hmm. you're, you're studying defense more, you're doing all the pieces. And, and the person who is a forward, it doesn't say, Hey, you know, all you're doing is working with the defenders and I'm jealous. It's Mm -hmm. our coach, our team needs better defenders. This is the team that we have. And this is what we can do to increase our, the abilities of our defensive team. But you have to do that internally. And what often happens is, oh, we're going to fire this person. We're going to get rid of this person because they aren't doing the job that we need. When actually your role as a leader is to coach that person and do the things. And that's where people are like, why are you sending that person to class? It's because you have those skills. We need this person to be up to par. And that's not your job as a coworker to bring that person forward. And so we're going to give them the education that they need to be able so that we can move this project forward because we all fail together. Mm -hmm. And so at first glance, it might seem easier to just replace someone but you have to keep in mind, it's actually better for the whole team by taking that person, coaching them, giving them the resources, mm-hmm. because then people feel safe and they know that if you have that in your spot, then you'll get coached and you'll get the things that you need. And then as a whole organiza- organization, then we can all feel thrilled instead of feeling that if we mess up, we're going to get fired. Right. And I think that's the, the whole concept around like the, we want folks to make a mistake because that's how we learn. Because I think that's also something that comes up quite a bit in tech. It's like the do it right the first time or, or else. So like you said, like get fired and instead going, oh my God, with every mistake we learn and we can get better. If we choose to, you know, if we choose to actually acknowledge the mistake and take it in and go, why did this happen? Or how could we have done this differently? It's like the, you know, retrospectives for, um, product development, like making sure you're actually thinking about what have we done? What, you know, what, what have we fixed this week and how do we make it even better for next time? So, yeah, I think there's just, there's a lot to it that is just ignored, unfortunately, but I feel like they don't, people don't have the, the journey. Like it is a journey when you hire, especially, um, diverse, diverse 
a diversity and inclusion expert. It's to understand that something is, you may not be the expert on that. And so you have to learn, you're trying to learn that those behaviors because of the system that's been created that you're like unaware of, because we haven't been here for all of those years to figure out how it got to this place. Right. So you might ignore those things. So it's important to look at with the understanding that I need to learn how to do this better mm-hmm. and that it's not my fault that it didn't turn out this way. Like I, right. you know, but we're here now. Right. So let's just move forward and see the ways that we can do better. Um, training was just the first thing that came to mind when it came to equity. Um, the reason that it doesn't equal equality is because we're not, we're talking specifically about helping those that might need additional assistance in whatever way it is um, in order to get the job done to help bring people to the same, to the point where you can have equal opportunities um, of those pieces. But I was wondering if you could think of another way people can do that at work, where it manifests itself. Yeah. So the, the whole idea behind mentorship versus sponsorship. So, you know, we, I think every company I've ever worked in or worked with is like, oh, we need to have a mentorship program and great in theory. Most of the time it kind of fizzles out or doesn't ever like get off the ground. Um, And it's just because people, there isn't a connection between the person that's being mentored and the men and, um, the mentor. Um, so there is just this like disconnected. So they never have that connection. So I'm always the person I'm like, I don't want to do a mentor program. I want to, to have leaders that start talking to their employees and start talking to people in other teams to learn who needs to have a mentor versus, and, you know, it has that interaction to see, is there some type of spark? It's, I mean, you're developing a relationship really with that person. So I think that's one thing, but sponsorship I think is so much more critical. So one of the things that, you know, I've talked about is, you know, in your talent review process, when you're doing your calibrations, making sure you're talking to people that maybe haven't been exposed to the leadership team or saying, oh, hey, Jackie, can you go meet with so-and-so on my team? I would love for you to get to know them. And, you know, this just happened recently where I had a CFO reach out to me and say, hey, I want to make sure you talk to this person on my team. Cause they just feel like an up and comer. And I think, you know, I want them to be on your radar and the person was amazing, of course. Um, and you know, it was one of those, okay, yeah, this person would be a good leverage point. This, per- this person would do a really good job expanding their knowledge. Cause then they could speak more to this and whatnot, but having that sponsorship where you get people in the room that haven't been exposed to things, that's also how you get them to be able to move up the ranks. And so, you know, so many times, and I think we've all experienced this on the not so great end is you prepare a report or you finish a project and your boss goes, Hey, thanks for that work. And then they take it into the room to present it versus bringing you in. And that has always been like one of those things that kind of isn't great because you want to make sure that person is getting the um, credit for doing the work, but also like as a leader, you look amazing bringing someone else in the room going, here's who I've groomed to do this work. And then it's the whole, the other concept that I think we fall into sometimes it's if you have an awesome person on your team, we're like, no, 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 don't worry about them. Just leave them alone. They're mine. Um, And making sure like, okay, if you are promoting people out of your team to take on bigger things, that is a reflection on your leadership 
and how you're helping uh, folks learn, how you're grooming them, how you're really giving them what they need to grow their career. And then you find a new person that you can do that with. So. Sleepy Katie, we keeping you up? Yes, I need a nap. <laughs> I just get, I, why do people still do that though? That's what's so annoying. Why do people still, I, and I feel like the other day I was just, I, somebody had been talking about, oh, we're going to do a mentorship program. And I had to stop myself and try to act, ask more specifically. And I was just like, come on, like, what are you <laughs> trying to do? Like, why don't y'all know that this, and it's so annoying because you have to take someone around the full journey again. Yeah. And that takes like a year. <laughs> Same with internship programs or let's start an ERG. And you're just like, for Christ's sake, listen, Take the money that you want to implement into this ERG. Why don't you start using the money for programs and start with pay equity? Just start with that. Yeah. Instead of saying, here's $5,000 for an ERG, why don't you just give that in, in raised fashion mm-hmm. for the course of a year to people yeah. that are underpaid? Because you will have a greater impact than putting the five, you know, Boricuas in a room and saying, okay, congratulations, do something let me know what's going on. Like, just stop it. I kind of disagree. I know you do. I'm sorry. I, I don't like you. them. I, I understand, but I think it's it, it's a way for folks to connect. And so if I always they think- do it right. Well, yeah, not, of course. They're not social groups either. So you have to, the thing is, it's like when you start these organizations, you have to to work them it's god's way again jackie come back i'm coming <laughs> i'm coming jackie doesn't she's going on uh no camera mode right now so which is okay it's it's all right we can do whatever we want to do here it's our podcast yeah, whatever you think yeah it's our podcast so it's good but um i think there is a piece to ergs that is definitely missing to your point and that is the you know how are you leveraging them and this is also kind of creating a awareness with the leadership team of why do we have these groups? What are we actually trying to do? And how are we trying to, um, I'm using the word leverage quite a bit, but like, are we thinking about using them to talk about the products that we've built and how that might impact their communities or how do we talk to their communities or, Hey, bringing in, you know, the PR comms team again and saying, how should we be talking about this product? to whatever communities and things like that. But I think it's also, I think of like an employee, an engaged employee and the ties, like those strings that kind of tie them to the company. And I think ERGs is definitely one of them, but I think all the other things you mentioned are also true. Like the, the pay, making sure they are paid appropriately and with the care of, Hey, can they live on this? Hey, is this actually going to make them feel good about coming in and doing their job? Hey, do they have an opportunity for a promotion or for an increase in pay? All of those things. Um, I mean, there's so many tactics. There's so right. many things that you can do, but I think that it's just not a social group. It's that it shouldn't be there to form a social group and a networking group alone. There's an aspect of it. I don't like asking marginalized people to take on additional tasks to make your organization feel like they're doing something. Yeah, no, I think the guardrails have to be in place or yeah, it can all go super sideways. And I actually think there's a piece of this that's like a, I always 
get a little anxious about ERGs more from the union perspective. Like, mm -hmm. are they going to all get together and talk about it and decide, oh no, we need a union. And, and I think that's absolutely a possibility. And so that's also yeah. like, you have to educate your leaders on if you're hearing certain things, if you, you know, and I know there's pros and cons to unions. Um, but, you know, when you think about the fact that you want to still have that contact with your employees and the interaction with employees without a third party helping the conversation in my mind, you know, it's one of those things that you just have to be thoughtful about. So I feel like that's the thing. And that's what I mean. You can't just start one, just like you can't just say, okay, Stephanie, start the risky and inclusion work when you haven't done the work. An ERG isn't a social group. It isn't a recruiting strategy. It isn't something that's going to endear your employees and people do it in such a like performative way. Like they're just trying to look cool without mm -hmm. realizing the work. I mean, you should think about having a mediator in place to pull the things back. This is what's missing. Cause I wonder mm -hmm. what would have happened at, at that base camp if they had a mediator to talk to people, the group that felt slighted to, right. to do that. And you need, you need that third party because you will have mutiny mm -hmm. in your organization. And so what, what happens in a lot of places is that they think that they're empowering. You're just empowering people to hate you if you're not doing it right. Right. Absolutely. And I think there's also a, if the folks leading the group don't understand what their charter is, what their mission is, what they're actually supposed to be doing, then you do have just like a lot of like, wait, what are we, what's happening? What are we doing? Why are we getting together? Mm -hmm. And, and then you also have people fall off because they're like, well, this isn't really doing anything. So why am I coming to this meeting? Why am I involved with this group? So right. yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. You know, if you don't have like a whole like 20 page document that goes along with your ERG, <laughs> you're not ready. <laughs> well, so one of our HR groups, um, the HROS group, they, uh, so on Facebook, HR open source, if you're interested, please do join if you are an HR person, but they talk a lot about, you know, like shared documents. And I saw someone post something the other day about a playbook for ERGs. And I'm like, well, I have that. Um, and it is like, it's a sacred document in a lot of ways in my mind, because it is the, how are you defining how these groups work together, how they work with the rest of the org, how they work with the leadership team, with external partners, all of those different things. And how do you make it even better? And I think that's, you, you have to have those guardrails in place or it does get a little bit funky. I just think that people put a lot, there's also, there's a group that's um, human resources practitioners of color and you'll be interesting to see it's so most of the time you would say that it's it's very similar to what you mm -hmm. see on hris but every day right. there's stuff that you're like are you serious right now <laughs> like this oh happened at your work like oh i'm the head of hr and i make 14 dollars an hour and you're like wait and you're doing what like you're, yeah you know like or my boss, you know, I think my favorite was like, they caught people sleeping together and they talked to the person and, and read them the policy. And they said, but I didn't know they were married. They were like, okay, doesn't matter. <laughs> this is what the policy is. Like people forget yes. what, what HR does and what these things, what you have to do in order to make sure these things go well. And I think there needs to be a balance in organizations of mm -hmm the personnel department mm -hmm. or the benefits department, like we used to have in the old days. 
Right. Now you see HR, head of HR, head of people, head of TA, generalist, generalist, generalist. Yeah. And then but people I, get mad because they lose money in their 401k. Like there's people who do that for a living. But that's also the, yeah, that always scares me a lot when you have folks working in HR who were like, oh, I was the secretary and they made me HR. And you're like, that's right. it's kind of similar to, you know, the conversation we had on the last episode of you can't just be passionate about something and think you're going to be able to do it. Like HR, there's legal things. There's all kinds of like, that's what always scares me is when I, you know, they start talking, like I'll talk to recruiting folks and they'll be like, okay, we can track all this stuff and get all this information from people. And I'm like, okay, yes. And how are you protecting that data? How are you keeping that to a very small amount of people or persons? Um, like there should be one person that has access to any demographic data prior right. to hire. Because right. you can get yourself into a discrimination lawsuit real quick if you're not careful. Um, and even just stuff, I mean, I think you and I both have seen like notes from interviews that you're like, ooh, burn those <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Like, fully. that's not what you do when you are making notes about a candidate. That's My not favorite is just the ever... not qualified. You're like, you want to, I see the resume, look qualified. You wrote not qualified. Have anything else to add yeah. to that? Yeah. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. And I know we've like, I've told leaders, like keep it bare minimum on notes that are written, of course, again, from a legal perspective, but it's also the, you also have to actually have a reason to turn someone down, not just a, oh, I saw their name and I don't think they'll be a good fit. That's right. Not qualified. The end. Right. <laughs> because what happens, this is what organizations need to know, because this is what happens. You'll have a job, it'll say 10 plus years of experience, must have a master's degree. And then they find out that somebody's cousin is available and they hire them and they are not qualified. Right. And so it's like, oh, that's all they need to know. That one person, that one hire can take down your whole organization. Right. <laughs> well, no, it's so it's true. Like... Because <laughs> I can't, I can't make too, too many confessions here because I might <laughs> implicate a client or two, but I also like the, um, hey, I'm going to have my friend or sister or mom come in and speak for our ERG about this topic. And you're like, cool. I'm sure your mom's awesome. <laughs> but what right. qualifications does she have to speak the entire organization? What is she going right. to share? How is she going to share it? All those things. So um, yeah, and I'll leave it at that because I think any anything else I might say on that topic might, uh, <laughs> yeah. Might get me fired. Um, <laughs> what happens? And then one ER, we are ERG will be leveraged higher than another one, or there's more members in one group, so they get to do more cool stuff. And the other per like, you need a professional. Yeah. To hire. Once you, if you think that you're big enough or you're big enough and that there's lack of representation or voice so to the point where you need to artificially create those spaces to try to do that, then there's, it's a reflection of something else going on. Right. It's like my high blood pressure. 
There's a lot going on there. It's not the problem. Is it's the not a standalone? Pressure. Yeah, it's not a standalone it's not, issue. <laughs> no, and it has nothing to do with the amount of alcohol I drink or food. I'm sure it's something else. <laughs> I'm positive. Let's let's discuss that for a minute. I would like you to share all the bad things you do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting depressed already. <laughs> I can feel my blood pressure rising. Oh, I'm getting agita real bad. My chest. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, uh, it just pisses me off because this is what I found out. I didn't know as I get older, the more things that you learn mm-hmm. and people go through a very similar journey. And, and then that is interesting because we talked about talking about generational and that's what's so interesting. It's like the, the, the reflection is people saying this is a bad idea and I just don't like my ideas, but you Mm -hmm. realize, no, you have to go through this. Like a mentorship. I've been there where I think it's a great idea. Tell me how you're going to do it. And let's talk about the different people in impacted and influence. Cause I'm more than willing to be wrong. Right. Well, more than willing to have the conversation. Yeah. And I think the one part is, and this is what I come back to. And I had this exact conversation with so many people recently is, what is the why? Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Why are we forming ERGs? What is our mm-hmm. outcome that we're looking at? What's the objective? And I think so many times it is just that, okay, we're just going to try this and see how it goes. And you're like, cool. But if you do that, know that that can have backlash and know that this could end very badly. But so you're like, so good at giving that part. You say cool. And I'm like, that's stupid. I need to learn how to be more like Katie. <laughs> Own your own business. It's fun. <laughs> oh, you need to keep your client. Got it. Got it. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was silly. But um, but I, I do think there is, it, it's the reason why the why is so important is because I think so many people have the best intentions. But mm-hmm. when you start to peel out, like, what are we trying to accomplish with this activity or this thing? And then you hear what they say and you're like, yeah, no, that's the worst idea ever. And we yeah. should never, ever do that ever. Wait, yeah. okay. So the problem is. So that... we're, we're trying to help marginalized people by marginalizing them more. Um, yeah, that's not yeah. going to work out for anybody. So you don't have a sign language interpreter on, on campus. And so your answer is to get all of those people who need an interpreter in a room to talk about how they don't have one on campus. I have a better idea. How about we just develop resources for those people? Right. Um, The why, the why, the why, the why. Don't band-aid it because that just goes on forever. Those And the problem just permeates, it goes on forever. Uh, The other thing when you were talking, it's funny, you were talking about demographic information. I always talk about how you have to separate all of those things out, you know, all of those things because they lump them into one like full HR Qualtrics mm-hmm. survey. Yep. That's like, how old are you? What is your race? Do you feel heard? What do you want to bring to the company picnic? And then right. you're like, okay, so they're creating a whole sentence. It's like Mad Libs. You're yeah. taking all of my answers and determining my value as an employee, right? Based on what all of these things are. So they're they're different things. And so we we if we there's a problem to solve, go to solve the problem. Right. Go to solve the problem. And once you do that, you can bring in other things that are outside the scope. I think majority of people um, 
just have gotten some things have gotten lax in organizations and just not looked at like you're just not doing best practices in the first place and right. and a lot of these things could be better if you had pay equity and equal distribution of power and equal dis, dis, distribution of salary and mm-hmm. responsibility then none of all of this stuff goes out the window right you don't need it anymore right because it will write it's it will write the ship if you're doing all the right things Mm-hmm. That's why you look at a company that like um, a company that had pay equity and they've had to fix it like every year for the past three years, because at right. some point the ship, somebody's like, I'm going to, this person's worth more money. And they're like, wait, stop. Because you didn't fix the problem. The problem right. was the culture, not the actual, the salary. That's just a, that's a symptom of something else. Right. So maybe we should create that a list yes. of symptoms that and what the outcome is. Okay. All of this adds to this. a lawsuit. Well, <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah, ultimately where they all go. Yeah. But I also would say like, I, I like to use ENPS. So employee net promoter score, like that's one that I always kind of force. And it's, you know, the simple question of like, would you recommend X to a friend or family member to come, you know, to come and work at the organization? And there are other questions that can kind of add to that ENPS score, but that's the main one. And so asking that on a survey, because I think that's also something that is always interesting. If you start to ask that question and then cut it by demographics and start to actually look at who says this is a great place to work and who doesn't, mm-hmm. that's a very telling piece as well. So if you're really driving to equity, not just equality, you're going to start to see some of these things pop out. And that's when you, again, kind of do the seven layers of why just to understand like, okay, here are the symptoms. Here are what we're hearing, but why, like what's happening? What's the, the base or the root of the issue? I think folks just kind of forget that. Don't think about it, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's just something to be aware of. So I agree with you. You I am. I just think, and and you're so smart. Um, (laughs) I just, I feel like people, especially now with all of these intentions are making what I have historically called um, golf course decisions. Like this person said that. So then I'm going to do that too, because it's working over here. So maybe it'll work here. And it's like, you know, I've been in organizations and they're like, we, you know, like we're going to start an organization to raise black voices and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, but they all hate you. So they're, so do you just want to hear it louder at one time? Is that what you're trying to do? Do you not believe the voices that have been told to you? Like this is sentiment that, you know, you can get walking down the hall in some of these places. So it's like, what do you think if that's a, to better the situation, why don't we just look at the ask? Have you, have you asked people what they need in order to be successful? Mm -hmm. And let's look at that. Well, I mean, and and sometimes, yes, because sometimes it's like the simplest thing is like, um, I don't know if you watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Did you watch Ted Lasso? No, but somebody else asked me about Ted Lasso. You should, because it's very funny. Um, But it's basically this, American football coach who is moved to the UK to coach a soccer team. And, but he has like really great methods to get there. But one of the things is like, Oh, Hey, we're going to have a suggestion box, which 
is kind of unheard of in a locker room, you know, and, you know, someone on there put like, oh, I want the water to be higher pressure in the shower. And it's like, that is such a dumb thing, but you fix that. And then you're actually fixed. And then people are like, oh, okay. They are listening. They do care. And so that's even what I, I talk to folks about is like, when you're sharing the results of the survey, when you're talking about what you're going to do about it, that's also where you go. We heard you, we listened, Mm -hmm. we heard you, we listened, we heard now we're doing something about it. Cause I think that's the piece too, that you have to connect the dots for folks to say, this is why we're doing this thing. This is why we're fixing the water pressure. You asked us for higher water pressure. And then they start to trust you a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, which is a good thing, of course. So, um, all right, my friend. This one is short and sweet. So I like short and sweet. My question to you, when we talk about diversity, equality, equity, inclusion, belonging, what's the one thing you want folks to know, think about, learn from this episode? I I think it would go back to what we're saying, where it's, it's meeting people where they are, not giving them what you think they need, right? It's meeting people where they are and keeping your good people, um, keeping your people, you know, and making your people whole so that they have a, a chance. Um, mm-hmm. I think you will find up. So you would just find so much, so much more happiness at your organization if you do that and take the time to do that. So I, I would say that is the most important thing. Okay. Great. Meet people where they are. Yes, that's great. I think the other one I would say is go Google equity versus equality and look at the images that pop up. And there's a lot of great examples of how to understand the differences between equity and equality. There is. And, and that's one that I think it's good to know the difference between the two. Um, because I think folks just forget sometimes and use it kind of interchangeably. Um, but then to your point, listen, listen, and then listen some more and go back to listening. If you start to lose your way, go back to what are we hearing from employees? What do they need? And not just what they need surface level, but going deeper. Mm -hmm. And there might be some quick wins you can get, but also think about what is that root cause and keep asking yourself why, why, why? Yep. Don't treat the symptoms. Look for the actual place. So that was Jackie Clayton. And that was, <laughs> wiggle your eyebrows at me. And that is Katie Van Horn. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the Inclusive AF podcast. Uh, signing off on this fine Sunday so I can go sit by the pool now. And Jackie all can right. go eat her donuts. Yes, that's right. I want it's gonna all work out the donuts. For, we're all winning today. <laughs> right. Have a lovely day. <laughs> Bye. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. 
I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things, from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.